And one, two, three, four. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and I am here with Pastor Katrina. It's so good to be here. I love doing this. This is so exciting. All right, and we are continuing today with our Bible reading reflection. We are into week 12 now, moving along. This week, we are getting into two new books. We're looking at Joshua 1 through 15 and Luke 1 through 4. So let's go ahead and dive in here. Let's start in the book of Joshua. Um, let's see. You have a intro for us there, Pastor? Yes, I do. You know, the book of Joshua describes the conquest of Canaan, the promised land, the land that was promised to Abraham, but they're now under the leadership of Joshua. And Joshua's name, by the way, means Jehovah saves. Joshua had worked with Moses since the giving of the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, and he continued to serve him throughout the wilderness wanderings. And you know, it was Joshua and Caleb that were two of the 12 spies, but they were the only ones to give a good report. Therefore, Joshua and Caleb went on into the Promised Land. The theme of Joshua is victory through faith. I think that's so cool. Mm. And then according to God's plan, it was now up to each individual tribe to displace the remaining strongholds. So now the responsibility was coming on the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes, not just on Joshua. Yeah. And so we are starting off here in chapter 1 of Joshua, and uh, it talks about how Moses has died, and now God is telling Joshua to go in, and everywhere he steps will be given to him. And he talks about uh, God commands Joshua to not be frightened and to be courageous because God is with him. And that's, that's a theme that comes up over and over this be courageous, don't be frightened. Three times, right in the beginning, chapter 1, God says to be strong and of good courage. First thing, to divide the land to the people for their inheritance. This is why be strong and of good courage. Not everybody may be happy with the land they're going to get. Number two, to do according to all the law and don't let it depart from your mouth and meditate on it day and night that you may do according to all that's written in the law. And then the third reason that you're to be strong and of good courage, which I think is the main reason, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So uh, when you see that, that really gives you inspiration for anybody, really. Yeah. And uh, it talks about uh, there in chapter 1 how he calls the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Uh, that group that actually doesn't go into the promised land. They're actually settling there. They stay on the other side. But part of the deal was that they would go and fight. Yes. So they uh, agree and uh, uh, fulfill their promise. And they do, as you see on in and Joshua, they do go and fight when the time is right. Yeah. But can you imagine on the other side of Jordan, uh, on that side of Jordan, there's still good land. You're right on the river. Yeah. So uh, I think that was good. And so uh, chapter two here, we get into this famous um, uh, part of the story where Joshua sends two spies. And these spies, um, they go to the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And um, she um, hides them. Let's them stay there while they're spying. And she tells a, a lie, really. Yeah, the uh, king finds out yeah. and asks her, and she tells a lie for him. And um, and God blesses her for it. Yeah, <laughs> her and her whole family. And so they come up with this deal where she puts a scarlet thread, or it'd a, be a bright, it'd be a deep red thread, mm-hmm. which represents or cloth or something. Blood, or something. Blood, blood of the lamb, the protection of the mm-hmm. blood. Similar to putting the blood over the doorposts. Yeah. It's very similar. Now, notice this. He sent two spies, not 12. I think that's very interesting. Hmm. He said, I'm sending two that's got faith. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> I think that's cool. And what's interesting too is she tells the spies that they're actually afraid of them. That the I people know. in the city are terrified of them. Yes. She hides them by faith. She says, I know. Now listen what she says. She's a heathen. I know the Lord has given you this land. Yeah. So save me and my family. Yeah. The rest of them don't believe, but I do. Yeah. And they, Isn't it interesting? That's where God sent them. Yeah. And really, they say she was on the wall, and it was more like a, a hotel-like or hmm. lodging place. They called her a harlot, and mm -hmm. maybe she did have other, but it, other women, I don't know. But it was a lodging place, actually, that was on the wall. Mm-hmm. And they, they actually escape through the window there. She lets them down. And they go down the on the other side of the wall. And they say this wall was so wide, Jericho, four chariots could ride side by side on this wall. Wow. That's how huge. Think about how huge it is wow. when we get into the next chapter. And the next chapter, we get, they actually cross the Jordan. And there's this um, amazing scene where they pass... The Levites pass with the ark, and it's kind of a, a not reminiscent, but a it's the same kind of deal where the water rolls back. Yes, same and like the Sea, sea the of Red Gal sea. Red Sea. Yes, yeah. Red Sea. And, and so the priests uh, step out, and, this, and the water rolls back, and everybody passes on dry land. And it talks about there, too, that part of the reason for this was solidifying Joshua's leadership yes. to the people that when they saw, he, he, he actually gives a speech, I think standing in the water or yeah. something there to them. And after that, they really did accept his leadership. Well, and the water had thing. overflowed. It was a time of the rising of the water. So the water was really deep and had overflowed. Mm -hmm. And so, and he told them, when you see the ark carried by the priests, he said, then cross over because you have not uh, passed this way before. You're going into something brand new. And it's just like what you, like what you said, what God did when they crossed the Red Sea because they hadn't been there before mm -hmm. from Egypt. Now they're going from the wilderness and God does the same sign. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And so they cross. We get into chapter four here. And they uh, they make a, a memorial with tw the twelve tribes, right? Or twelve, 12 stones, stones from representing the, from the each river. tribe. Yes. Yeah. But it's to be a sign for their children right. and for the future. So God really believed in memorials. Yeah. To help us remember. It seems like they do this often when they have these uh, encounters with God or these miraculous yes. things that happen where they literally create some kind of monument to, to in, in memory of it to remember for the, for the people and their children which that's why we use the cross today yeah. why to remember yes mm -hmm. and joshua god magnifies joshua as their leader he's becoming the one because would you want to take over after moses <laughs> right. i wouldn't but god is moses had his purpose to get them ready to be a nation now, Joshua has his purpose. He's a warrior for them to take the land. And then in 5, it, it talks about how a lot of the kings around in, in that area are are terrified of them when they hear of how this happened, oh, how yes. this transpired. Yes. And then we get into this. Um, they go through the circumcision ritual yes again? these are the men who were not circumcised in the wilderness yeah so they would be of all ages yeah uh so that and that was preparing them for taking the land yeah a purifying time and it's time. really cool because they celebrate passover and it says that they eat uh some of the uh fruit or or um uh, vegetables from the land and, and on that, that very next day, the manna stops. That manna stops. Yeah. God says, now you're going to plow your own fields. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's very interesting. Where they cross is called Gilgal. And the meaning of the word Gilgal is the reproach of your sins have been rolled away. Yeah, that's really I think cool. that, oh, and here they circumcised. The reproach of your sins have been rolled away, and they cross over. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. 
And at the end there of chapter 5 is this famous uh, passage where um, it says, Suddenly there was a man standing before Joshua with his sword drawn in his hand. Um, and this is a, a supernatural figure showing yeah. up. I've, I've read different commentaries yeah. on this. It's very interesting. He said, are you for us or against us? Yeah. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> yeah. And um, the man says, no or neither. He's the commander of the armies of the Lord. And uh, Joshua falls on his face and says, what do you want me to do? And the man says, take off your sandals for where you are is standing is holy. And it's and it's this kind of we're having this re-telling um, in a different way of what happened with Moses, but now with Joshua, bush. the uh, passing over the, the, the water with it being parted, um, the supernatural showing up in holy ground, take off your sandals. Yep. And um, very similar, isn't it? Yeah. And this, of course, most theologians believe is, is the... Uh, is Jesus of the Old Testament, the revelation of Jesus. He is the captain of the Lord of hosts. Uh, so literally, he, because you wouldn't worship an angel. Right. But this one, he allowed worship, so we know it was Jesus of the Old Testament. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much in that, this little passage that kind of, Oh, yeah, and this happened. By the way. And, yeah, by the way. <laughs> but look how that prepared him for Jericho. When yeah. you think of how big the walls were, and this is their first encounter with the enemy. Yeah, and you can really go down a, a kind of a rabbit trail with this of all the symbolism of the sword and what was going on. And that there was, was there another battle going on in a spiritual, a, in a spiritual realm sure. of some sort or... Was that for Joshua to encourage him? and um, Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. Um, let's see. So then we get into chapter 6. We have the first victory on this part of the conquest with Jericho. I love the, uh, the way the plan was set up by God. Yeah. Once a day, for six days, they just march around quiet, nothing. Can you imagine seeing a big army just march around, nothing, nothing, nothing? And then on the seventh day, they quietly march around seven times. And then the priest blows the trumpets and they shout because the Lord has given them the city. Yeah. That's by faith. And they did nothing other than obey the walking <laughs> and the shouting. And the city walls wall fell flat. Yeah. They're just now finding some pieces of it. I mean, it was crushed. Hmm. It just went boom yeah. down in the ground, crushed. And uh, it's interesting. It says that the the walls fell down, and um, they're seeing the men right before them. So it was like suddenly they're <laughs> looking right at them. Yeah, here they are. There. Here's a, a wall that's so thick, four chariots can go side by side, and all of a sudden... Boom, it falls flat, and there's the, there's the Jericho's, I mean, there's uh, Israel's army. Yeah. So the, it was really a, it's like a mental warfare going on there sure. with those people. Oh, can psyching you, them well, out. just the wall falling down would terrify them. Yeah. Can you imagine the dust going up, and then when the dust settle, there's Israel's army with a big smile on their face. Uh, <laughs> and so they go, they go in and take over the city, and... Uh, they fulfill their promise to Rahab. Her and her family is They're saved. They're spared. The scarlet thread. And the uh, rest of the city is burned down. And it's interesting. God gives instructions as to what they are to take and what they are not to take. What's blessed and what's cursed. Mm -hmm. So this is what gets you. Chapter 7. Yeah. After this great, awesome victory, we have Achan's sin mm. of greed. Yeah. He took the accursed thing, the very things God said, do not take this. And it's like a robe and some money. Gold, some gold. Yes, yeah. yeah. I just couldn't resist. Yeah. And um, so they go to fight another battle. I don't know how to say this. I 
I. AI. I call AI. It. Yeah, I've heard people. It's literally call it. A and an I. Yeah, AI. Uh, so they go to fight after this awesome victory, and they lose. Yeah. Which is fascinating, and it's pretty wild. Joshua, the way he's talking is pretty uh, doom and despair. There must have been a way they talked sometimes with this. At this time period, yeah. Well, he know. knew they should have won. Why did you bring us here? Kind of stuff. Yeah. We well, he knew they should have won. So he's saying, God, what happened? Here we won on the, this big city. Now we go to take this little city and we fail. Yeah, What's and going it's interesting. It, he, this, that's what he says. He says it would have been better if we stayed behind uh, at the Jordan. And again, it's this reminiscent oh my goodness, murmuring. of this, uh, we should have stayed, we shouldn't In have done Egypt. this, we should have gone back. Um, but this time they fix it in a pretty dramatic fashion. They bring the guy out and all the chiefs, uh, this guy's name's Aiken, something, mm-hmm. I, I believe. And he confesses and the guy is put to death. Yeah, death And they penalty. burn the stuff up and... Um, then chapter eight, we get uh, sort of a retry here. Joshua and his men have a plan to take on this same group, the AIs. And they win. They conquer the city. And yeah. here's what I love. Joshua builds an altar to God. Mm. That's kind of like a repentance. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't trust you. And it's showing his love and dependency on God. Yeah, I do depend on you, God. What's interesting, too, is this... Um, there's like this uh, God is with them and there's this grace, but they're, they're having to do it. Yes. And they're ha- they have a plan. There's a specific plan they have to trick them and they ambush them. Yeah. It's still very like, um, it's miraculous, but it's also very like tactical. They're literally doing it. They're having to fight and take it. And, and I think that's what happens here. We say the Lord fights for us, but we're part of the battle. Yeah, yeah. And that's what people, well, why doesn't God just do it? Because you're part of the battle. He yeah, wants you to Yeah, it's not just that. falling in their lap. They're that's literally right. having to go and do and it. watch God work with them. Yeah. That's what I think is great. And so we get into nine. Um, this is the Gibeonites. Yeah, the Gibeonites. They are in total fear. They're afraid they're going to come against them, and they're going to die, and they're going to be defeated. And so they make up a plan to deceive Joshua. Isn't it interesting he gets deceived? Mm. But I think there's a purpose, and I'll tell you what I think it is in a minute. They dress as foreigners, and then they make a covenant of peace with Israel. But Joshua discovers their deceit and confronts them. Now notice what he makes them do, because he promised he wouldn't kill them. Right. He doesn't, but he makes them servants to Israel. Yeah. So now Israel has a whole massive amount of servants, and it's said that they accept the deal, they don't want to die, and they serve them. They become their servants. Cutters and gatherers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what they say. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. There's a lot... A lot, and I that's think, mercy. That. Yeah. Here they deceive them. They could have said, well, we don't care what we promised you. It was under deceit. But, but they he, did it they in a way. They keep their word. They, they were deceitful, but they were also, they were just afraid of them. Yes. They just didn't want to get killed. Yeah. And Joshua saw that. Yeah. And they gladly accepted being servants to them. And, and then in the next chapter, chapter 10, it gets into um, these same people get attacked. By other kings. Five kings five together, kings. yeah. And they asked Joshua for help, and he ends up fighting a battle for them. Hmm. Um, and the Lord comes against those five kings. And this is so interesting, what you said. God does his part, but you've got to do your part. God causes the sun to stand still until Joshua and his army can finish the battle. Yeah. Can do Amazing. all that, that's needed to be done to destroy the enemy. And it talks about how um, when they're fleeing, God sends hail to kill them. Mm-hmm. More more of the enemy died from that than the sword. That's interesting. Says. So they were like... Nature. Like we're <laughs> saying, they were literally fighting and also this miraculous help at the same time yeah. happening there. You know about the sun standing still. I, I looked this up. Uh, there's a story that in 1970, NASA... 
uh, had a computer program to calculate planetary and lunar positions in the future and in the past, and they discovered a missing day, thus proving the Bible. Hmm. So that's very interesting. Now, some debunk the story, but others confirm it that we're there hmm. and say that it did happen. Uh, as the computer was going through all this, it red flagged, and they realized, they said, well, where could be a, a 24-hour missing? <laughs> and the guy said, hey, I heard a story <laughs> of Joshua in the Bible. <laughs> Amazing. So whether it's true or not, I don't know, but it, there is a story out there on it. So. Yeah. And one thing, and it's interesting, they they defeat these five kings. These five kings end up hiding in a cave, and they go and get them and take them out and bring them before all the people. And Joshua has the chiefs come out, and they put their feet on these kings' necks as a representation, but he does it for them in, in this saying, don't be afraid, be courageous. God is with you. He will do this to all of your enemies. Wow. So it was an act of faith. It was an act of faith, but it was also an act of encouragement to everybody. Yeah. This is what... This is what God's doing for yeah, us. Yeah. Don't be afraid. The same thing over wow. and over. This. That's um, amazing. Even even in this dramatic display, um, which is pretty cool, the, uh, he's encouraging them not to be afraid. Yeah. Well, then we have chapter 11. More cities are const con conquered. And we see, I love this statement, Joshua left nothing undone of all the lords that the Lord commanded Moses. Hmm. Left nothing undone. Yeah, and it, and it talks about, it's kind of leading up to this. It's saying all these other kings, again, these other lands coming together against them. And uh, a huge army. It says yeah, you can't yeah. even count them. There's so many people. But then I love it because... Uh, God God speaks to Joshua, says, don't be afraid. And it says, Joshua goes out suddenly against them. Like he didn't even hesitate. He I was at it. a point where he was just going for it. Well, if he's going to have the chiefs put their foot on the neck of the enemies. They kings. had to. They had to be in a certain mode, I think. Yeah. They couldn't. Like, remember, we were talking about. You can't about, hesitate. You can't be afraid or it'll infect no. everybody. It they does. had to really be uh, courageous for real. Yes, they did. And I think even though it's a small number, if they come with such force that it starts fear against in the enemy's camp, no matter what the number, yeah, and they hesitate, yeah, it's like and that's a, how it's they like get the momentum thing. Momentum. You see that in yes. sports a lot, yeah. that crazy yeah. thing. And uh, another thing's interesting there. Um, it's going through all these um, um, victories and battles, but some of them, it literally says. Um, uh, Joshua made war with uh, certain kings for a long time. It wasn't right away. Yeah, it wasn't a one-day battle. No, like this was a this was a, a lot of work and a lot of Boy. a long battle, like a real thing. It wasn't going just, over there battle after battle after yeah. battle after battle. But it said after he'd conquered all the land, according to all that God had said, then the land rested from war. Yeah. That is that's and God knew when to give them rest. Yeah, and then we get into chapter twelve. It it lists this chapter lists the kings defeated by Moses. Yeah, and then they do a, a list of kings defeated by Joshua. Mm -hmm. um, and then chapter thirteen, um, it talks about how Joshua is getting older now, mm -hmm. and there still uh, remains a lot of land to possess. Yeah. It's still going on, even with all of this conquest and stuff, there's still a lot of work to do. It's still continuing on. So God tells him to divide. He said, divide what you have and give them their inheritance. Hmm. There's still more to conquer, but let them have what you've conquered so far. And, it, and, and there's an interesting part there where it literally says God himself will drive them out, the rest of these that. people. Um, and another interesting sort of side note it's it mentions um Balaam. Balaam is killed uh, during this time. Yeah, I missed that. Along somehow. uh when they wherever he was from, his people, I forget. But it says he was killed with the 
dresses people by and the, he's the, by the one sword. that shared the weakness of israel with balak the enemy remember that balaam was a prophet yes he was the one who actually blessed them when he was yes to instead curse them. of cursing them but i think he but was kind of a what, here's the truth shady guy it. yeah here's what happened he said i can't curse them because god has blessed them mm -hmm. but here's what i will do I'll tell you what their weakness is. And mm -hmm. you know what their weakness was? He said, send your prettiest women among them, mm -hmm. and they will commit sin, and God will then come against them. Wow. And that's why God hated Balaam, because he said, you shared the weakness of your people. Wow. And that's the thing that God hates about gossip. It's sharing the weakness of people. Wow. And he doesn't want you cover. Love covers sin. Yeah. Love covers but if you're not covering and you're exposing it to others it shouldn't be exposed to, yeah, then that's not love. Yeah, it and uh, it didn't it didn't work out very well. Well, no. at least not for Balaam. Uh, he's <laughs> even talked about in the New Testament. Yeah, of all the things, that's not a good way to be talked about, by the way. <laughs> and then we keep going here. Fourteen, we get into more inheritances. Right. Uh, these are kind of long explanations about. Yeah, the, the it's the division. As of far Caleb. as it from here to there, it's kind of hard to follow. Yeah. The, um, but here's what I love: Caleb's 80 years old. Yeah, that part's really cool. And he said, "I am as strong as I was in the days of Moses. So give me my mountain." Yeah. And it says Joshua blessed him and sent him to his mountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, that, I love that whole uh, uh, part of that chapter there, and it, and it gets really specific about the hill country that he wanted. Mm -hmm. It was the the land of the Anakim, and um, it gets real specific about these kings that were up there. They were um, the greatest men among the Anakim. Yeah. His name was Ar Arba or whatever. So he was taking on some of the the strongest ones, strongest ones in all the land. And he's eighty years old. Yeah, that's I love amazing. That. Oh. Well, again, it says the land had rest from war mm -hmm. after they divided all the inheritance. Yeah. And then chapter 15, it talks about Judah's portion of inheritance is listed. And it goes over the inheritances, and it ends, interestingly, uh, by talking about the uh, Jebusites, who are the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Uh, and it says Judah could not drive them out and they dwell with them to this day. Isn't that interesting? Really interesting. Yeah. But eventually we know Israel got uh, Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And so that, is that the end of our... That's the end of it. Now we're getting ready to go to the New Testament. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into the New Testament. All right. So Luke. We're starting in Luke. You want to give us an intro there? Sure. Luke, if, as you, most of you know, is the beloved physician. Uh, he was the companion of Paul. He is the only Gentile to write a gospel. And evidently, he gathered much information from eyewitnesses. And one of those witnesses was Mary, the mother of Jesus. He provides more history than any other gospel. He records 12 miracles of Jesus, as well as 23 parables. 18 of these parables appear only in Luke's writing. Luke pays special attention to Jesus' prayer life. Fifteen times he talks about him praying. And Luke writes of Jesus' kindness toward women, which we know women were considered property, the poor, the outcast, and those suffering. So uh, Luke really gives a compassionate story about Jesus hmm. and, and even the birth of Jesus. And it's interesting, it, it starts out, he, he's writing to Theophilus, mm -hmm. and um, it starts out, it's addressed to him, Yes, the, the book is, and it talks about how he's, he's writing him to tell him what really happened. Yeah. And it talks about how there's been a lot of people trying to put together at that time. But remember, he says, I have perfect understanding of what happened. And yeah, you can says, tell he, he talked to Mary. carefully searched it out and investigated it. Yeah, specifically Mary, I yes. think, a lot of stuff. And I think that's how he knows about Zacharias, because Mary went to visit Elizabeth, who's Zacharias' uh, wife, yeah. and spent at least three months with her. So she knows the whole story. Yeah, so she said, I want to correct there. this. Mm. I want to make this right. Yeah. So I love that. 
All right, so we get into it. It starts off, uh, we're talking about King Herod. He was the king of Judea. Um, and there's a priest named Zacharias and his wife, Elizabeth. And they're elderly, and Zacharias is a priest, and he's carrying out his duty in the uh, temple. And the angel Gabriel appears to him. And this is interesting. He tells Zacharias, your prayer has been answered. You're going to have a son. Hmm. And it's so interesting. Zacharias says, I'm old, but my wife is very old. (laughs) How can that be? (laughs) I know we've been praying about it, but we haven't believed it. (laughs) It really is what he's saying. Uh, It's very interesting that Gabriel shares the duties of angels. And you know I teach on angels. And I call it the four S's. He says, I stand in the presence of God. I am sent from God to speak for God and to show you what's going to happen. Four S's. If you want to know about angels, that's the four S's uh, that Gabriel, who is an angel, chief angel, chief messenger angel, tells you. And then Gabriel causes Zacharias to become mute so he could no longer speak doubt. Yeah. Because he's going to argue with Gabriel. This can't happen. She's too old. And <laughs> there's really has to be, um, because the exchange, that I really like the way Luke writes this, that Gabriel's on a mission. This yes. is all happening very time-wise, very uh, close together, mm-hmm. where he's going to Elizabeth and he's going to Mary. And um, uh, his response doesn't sound that much different than Mary's but there's something in it that was obviously completely different here's the difference Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying to have a son Mary had not been praying to be the mother of the son of God that's the difference well uh, he says how and Mary says the same thing how is this going to happen but there was something in it there was a disbelief in his prayers in the way he said it to me. I mean, if God came to you and said, I've heard your prayers, I've said, or your angel shows up, a big, huge, said he was full of fear. They, they say angels are up to 12 feet tall. Hmm. Can you imagine a huge angel appearing? Your prayers have been answered. How can that happen? We're too old. Notice he said we're too old. Yeah. So, I mean, he's saying, we prayed all this time, this never happened. I don't care if you have come, it's still not going to happen. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what he was saying. That's why he had to become mute, so he wouldn't keep saying that. Yeah. And uh, it goes on, it goes right into then Mary's story. Six months later, Six he months, to Mary. Gabriel, the same angel, appears to Mary, and um, she says how... And it uh-huh. says, the Lord will overshadow you like a cloud. Yeah, That's how she'll conceive. And she thing. said it because she said, I'm a virgin. Mm. How's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. And this is certainly nothing I've been praying about. I'm in total shock. And it says she could have been 15 years old. I mean, she could have been a very young teenager. Yeah. But his answer to her is, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Yeah. And nothing is, if you separate it, is no thing shall be impossible. And it, so, and it leads into, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, parts of the gospel where Mary visits Elizabeth. Yeah. And um, when Elizabeth hears her, her greeting, she gets there. John starts jumping in the, in the womb. womb. Filled with it. the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit in the womb. And remember, Gabriel prophesied that he Mm. said your son will be filled with the spirit from conception in the womb in the womb and And it's it's awesome that there's several right in a row where everybody starts prophesying yeah Uh, the spirit shows up oh mary sings the song of praise and elizabeth prophesies elizabeth prophesies the mother of my god yeah literally says she'll be blessed because she believed what was spoken to her right and uh mary is it a song is it a song they call it a a song of praise yeah yeah awesome and it shows where mary is your humble servant's been chosen i mean she's like i'm overwhelmed that i've been why me lord (laughs) yeah that that whole um song psalm prophecy it's beautiful it is absolutely beautiful there 
Um, then John is born. Yep. And they say, are you going to name him Zacharias? And she said, no, John. And then they said, Zacharias, how can this happen? He had to write. He still couldn't talk. Yeah. Nine months it. later, he still, for nine months, that man couldn't talk. Yeah. And he said, his name is John. And then he writes boom, it. He writes it down. Yeah. He writes it down. And then boom, his tongue is loosed and he prophesies yep. about his son. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, oh, that chapter is just beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And I really think it does uh, speak to Luke having an inside information oh, yes. there. He, he he was talking to Mary. And oh, yes. He, he was getting the inside little, scoop yes, of was. how this went down, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we get into chapter two here. Um, the birth of Jesus. Yep. There's a consensus or census. A census. Sorry. Caesar census. Augustus tax law brings Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem, which fulfills prophecy. And remember, Joseph and Mary traveled from Nazareth which was 90 miles away, and she was ready to give birth when she got in the wagon or on the donkey or walked. Hmm. So no wonder she had to hurry once they got there. I'm having this baby now, Joseph. (laughs) And the angels appear to the shepherds here in chapter 2. Yep. And um, They're to worship the Lamb of God. I love that. Shepherds worship the Lamb of God. And it's amazing the... It seems like maybe one or two showed up, and then suddenly it was revealed there was... uh, Angels you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, it starts out the chief angel. Yeah, and then it's revealed there's a whole bunch of them up there. To shepherds who were, you know, they they were of low stature. Hmm. And uh, uh, they were even considered unclean by the chief priests because they smelled like their sheep. But God wanted them to worship the Lamb of God. And they became the first evangelists, too. And here's the other thing. Shepherds would never, ever leave their sheep because of the predators in the fields. Hmm. And so I think God sent a whole host of angels to say, hey, we'll take care of these sheep. You get going. (laughs) Because if they hadn't gone that night, you know Mary and Joseph aren't going to be in that barn the next day. Hmm. They're going to move on. They're not going to stay in a barn. Yeah. So God knew how to get them moving. And let's see. And at one point, I like, again, it specifically says Mary keeps all these things and considers them to herself. Yeah, she so does. she's the one remembering all oh, of this yes. stuff. With and the, she's uh, the one, she remembered it in her heart, and she's telling it. Yeah, to right. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Then they go to the temple at eight days. Yeah. Jesus is circumcised. He's dedicated. You have Simeon and Anna who are in the temple and prophesy yeah. about him. Yeah, Simeon and says he can die now. He can go I on. I know it. He's I've waited for the, the salvation, salvation of Israel, and here it's come. Here he is. Yeah, And he's, he's eight days old, a little teeny baby, and he knew it. Yeah. Then they return to Nazareth. And it's interesting. It says, Jesus grows strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is talking about him growing up from... An infant to 12, we know nothing. Hmm. He's just a regular Jewish boy. Yeah. And then at age 12, we see that Joseph and Mary travel to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Okay. And what happens? They've got such a crowd there, they they leave Jesus behind. <laughs> right. And that's easy to do. I've left you kids behind sometimes at church. They, they thought he was <laughs> with somebody else, I think. Yeah, they had a lot of people with him. So they come back, they go a day's journey, and they come back, and they find him speaking with the leaders in the temple, and the leaders are amazed at how he knows the word of God as a 12-year-old boy. Hmm. And they say, why did you do this to us? Why didn't you stay with us? And I love what Jesus says. I must be about my father's business. Yeah, awesome. And they didn't even understand what he's talking. What do you mean? Hmm. He's a carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, But listen to this part. I love this. It said, Jesus returns with them, and he's subject to them. He Mm. obeys them. Yeah. He said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it as your son. And here's the results. Listen to the results. Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and favor with God. Jesus had to increase, Mm. and he did it by being subject to his parents. Wow. I thought I, that has always caught my attention. Yeah. When and the Bible says, and he was obeying the law, be obedient to your parents. Mm-hmm. So yeah, awesome. 
chapter three, we we get into John the Baptist ministry. Um, it's it has some preaching and baptizing, uh, having people repent through uh, baptizing with water. And he talks about uh, he's prophesying about Jesus coming, who is mightier than him and. Uh, going to baptize with Holy Ghost and fire. I love that. Yeah. Fire. I mean, you're gonna, you are going to be different than you were before. Not just water, but fire. And it's interesting. It gets into, it's just the different, different uh, approaches of each gospel I love. But uh, this part is kind of quick here, that Jesus is baptized, the dove descends. Yeah. But notice, again, uh, Luke says, Jesus was praying. Mm-hmm. When he went in the water, he was praying when this happened. Wow. Right before he was baptized. No other gospel writer says that. Wow. Jesus was praying. Yeah. Mention of his prayer. The Trinity. If you don't believe in the Trinity, you have to believe it at his baptism. Yeah, it's really literally seen and heard right there. Uh, the, the dove. The voice. The, the dove. Spirit, the voice and of Jesus. God. This is my son. Right there. And there's Jesus. Yeah. Come on. There it is. Yeah, it's the beautiful. Trinity. And then it gets into his lineage. Um, and this is from Mary's side, by the way. Genealogy? Yes. And Matthew gives Joseph's genealogy. This is Mary's genealogy. And you'll see that King David was in her lineage. So she had every right to pass on the kingship to Jesus. Wow. Awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, chapter 4. After this baptism, Jesus uh, immediately goes out into the wilderness and he is fasting for 40 days. Yeah. Now notice, he's tempted to sin, but yet he was without sin. Yeah. And he was full of the Holy Spirit after he was baptized, and he was led by the Spirit. And a lot of times people say Jesus did without food and water, but it wasn't true. He ate nothing, but he drank water because afterwards he was hungry. If he hadn't drunk water for 40 days, Satan would be saying, turn this dirt into water mm. so you can have something to drink you wouldn't want bread if you hadn't drunk anything for 40 days so he was drinking interesting yeah and it's proven isn't it that you can't go much more than three or four days without water and your body shuts down now so he did drink and, and we we get into the um temptation three temptations three temptations here the first one is what you're just talking about there. If the Son of God can make stones into bread, yep. and Jesus notice re- he always says, "If, if mm. you are the Son of God, if," interesting. He wants him to doubt just a little bit, and he'll say that to Christians. If you're really a Christian, you should be doing this. Yeah. So notice the if. Uh, but this is this deals with the flesh. A lot of times people give in to the flesh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and when when you do, and he's showing you how to deal with the flesh. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Yeah, that's how you deal with the flesh. What's the Bible say about it? Yeah, yeah. and that's taken from Deuteronomy. Yeah, we again, all three of these Deuteronomy, all the three of the it is written. And the second one here it says all power has been given uh, to me. To me, if. I will give it to you if you just worship me. Now, notice he said all power has been given to me, and Jesus didn't deny that. Mm-hmm. And that happened in Genesis 3 with Adam. Yeah. When Adam fell, the power went to Satan hmm. over the world. He's the prince in power of the air. He's the god of this world with a little g, by the way. And this deals with pride. I'll give you power. Hmm. Look who you'll be. Wow. Yeah. But you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to worship me. Yeah. And people that want power and get it the wrong way, they're worshiping something. Wow. Just think about that. And the last one here, he takes him up to the peak of the temple and says, uh, jump off, basically. Cast yourself down. The angels will catch you. And uh, He's quoting Psalm 91.11. Yeah. And uh, Jesus' response again in Deuteronomy, "You you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, what does it mean to tempt God? What's it mean to tempt God? It's to have him go against his own laws. Hmm. He was wanting God to go against his own law of gravity. Hmm. Jump off this. 
His angels will catch you. They won't if you're stupid. What do you think the temptation was for Jesus there? I, I think it was an emotional, do you really love God? Show me that you really trust and love God. Hmm. It was a, a spiritual, maybe I should call it more of a spiritual. If you really trust God, you'll jump off this pinnacle. I, th- I was thinking about the, the way you're saying the if part mm-hmm. there. Um, there's part of this he's um, te- not testing him, but he's, if you're really who you think you are, you'll do this. Right. Or you'll do this. And this other, this this part, I don't, um, they're all kind of, all of these are are ways to prove who he is. Yes. You could jump off and be okay, and everybody will see it, and they'll believe who you yeah. are. Each yeah. one, you, you'll be the ruler of everybody. They'll believe right. you. you it can, deals a lot with pride, hmm. a lot with pride, the world. Uh, most some kind theologians of short, say the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. It, it was also kind of a shortcut. Yes. To what he had Ooh, to do. I like that. Well, each one was a shortcut yeah. around. You don't really have to do all that. Just yeah. do this. Don't go and out then there and do all this me. ministry you're going to do. Just yeah. do this Just right now. Just jump off and show them you can fly, and they'll <laughs> believe you. Yeah. Um, and you know that is what the devil does all the time. Take a shortcut. Yeah. And Take I, a shortcut. And you end up getting your life cut short. what happens. But and no, out of this, though, it's amazing. It says he begins his ministry in the power of the Spirit. Yes. Right Notice the devil left for a season, which meant he was looking for a more opportune time to come against him again. Mm. And find out when you go through a battle with Satan and you come through victorious, he's just waiting for another time to come back. Yeah. And he did all through Jesus' life. Notice that. Yeah. I love this. After you've been tested, you do have greater strength. Uh and notice that when you go to a higher level, there's more devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and notice he was a teaching. He was teaching, attending the synagogue, which was his custom. Yeah. So he customarily went to church or the synagogues where they had their services. But he goes to the synagogue in his hometown, Nazareth. And he was a regular because he was handed the scroll to read. You don't read the scroll if you're not a regular. And if you're not known, yeah. you don't read the scroll. So notice what he reads, Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he says, this day the scripture's been fulfilled in your ears. Yeah. Now he's talking, and the people react, and this Joseph's son, a carpenter? What's yeah. he saying? And then Jesus says to them, no prophet is accepted in his own home country. Yeah. And, and they get so mad, they try to kill him. I do. They try to throw his him own off people. a cliff. His own people that have watched him grow up, and he's now 30 years old, and they're, you know. Yeah, I think there's so much there. Um, we, we don't have time to get into it, but there's a there's, there's a message in there. That the, the familiarity. Breeds contempt. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they're seeing him in totally the wrong way. Yeah, because they know him, but they don't really They know him, but they don't. They They're looking at the outside. Yeah. And so many times we look at the outside and have no idea what's going on on the inside what, of people. Yeah. Not just who he was, what he was going to be. And That's do. Right. And um, all they all they knew was what had happened. They just saw yeah. him in this light, the yeah. sun. Um, but it's amazing to me. They get so mad. They try to kill him. Uh, and he has to escape. He passes through them. Um, and there are times that people are draining you. You have to pass through them. Yeah, that's 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 and they're awesome hindering point too. your they're hindering your walk. He doesn't stick around and fight it out with he them. He doesn't. He doesn't there try was to explain also, himself had, or anything. They had made up their mind. Yes. And, and he you've said, got All to right, know that. It's over. I'm done. You're yeah. not. It's not worth it. I'm it's, out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to fight with you. You don't believe in me. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going on. Mm-hmm. And he even goes back later and said he could not do many miracles because of their unbelief. Mm. They Amazing. still didn't believe after all the miracles and everything that he had done. They still didn't believe in him. Wow. So what's he do? He goes on, goes to another town, preaches the word with power, casts out unclean spirits, and his fame begins to spread. Yeah. So. 
And it and at uh, the end of the chapter here, it gets into he uh, heals Peter's mother-in-law, and uh, really interesting. It says he rebukes the fever. Yes. Um, he's talking to a fever. Yes. <laughs> you can. Uh, hey, that tells you you, you can, can speak to disease. You can uh, take with that what you will, but the man spoke to a and fever. And it left. Evis, and it uh, must have hurt him. It did. Because it left. That's right. Um, then in the evening, it said he heals all who came to him. Everyone that came to him was healed. Everyone. <laughs> and we've been talking about the kingdom of God and the services. And it said the crowds followed him as he preached the kingdom of God in other cities and synagogues. Yeah. And they literally try to, uh, we'll end here, they, they tried to keep him there. Yeah, they want him to stay no. there, become a ruler, yeah. be a king. He He's was, talking about the kingdom. He, it's, he says he had a, a purpose. He had a he was on a mission. He was on a mission. I think that was part of, too, why he didn't let himself get caught up with that family stuff. Mm-hmm. He had work to do. He had he stuff to do. He said, all right, I, I can't get totally sidetracked on this That's other absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And uh, so he goes on to the next town. And his ministry grows, but so does the resistance to his ministry grow. Yeah. And if you think you're going to live a Christian life without resistance, you're fooling yourself. Yeah. And the more you push into God, you're going to sense the resistance, but you're going to sense the power. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's a really great, uh, I think, point to to leave on here. And to we saw that in both the... Our Old Testament reading. Yes, we did. Where both God is with you and working with you miraculously, and you're having to step out. Yeah. And, so and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Keep and going. Uh, awesome. Thank you all for uh, tuning in today. It's been great. Such a such a rich, uh, wonderful reading. Thank you, Pastor Katrina. It's been great to be here. Uh, wonderful. And we will check back in with you next week. We'll be on week 13. Scooting along here. Keep checking in, tuning in. Uh, subscribe and share to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye bye.